aqui. Intergalactic beings of multi-dimensional realities. Welcome to Channeling. Why, hello everyone. In this episode of Welcome to Channeling, I will be chatting with two of my really dear friends. One is my friend Tristan, and the other is my friend Julie Arundel. During this conversation between all three of us, I chat a little bit about relationships and what arises around relationships. You'll find out more about Tristan in further episodes. But for now, let's hang out with two of my friends. First, I'm going to chat with Tristan, and then Julie joins in. We'll end this session with my guides sending me a message to encourage me. We'll see what they say. That's pretty cool that you made changes like that. Yeah! Tristan was just like that. Okay, now I can probably hear you. I said, good morning. Um, <laughs> taking care of my dad until we figure out what's going on with him. But Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm juggling. But the writing thing is working. What's going on with your dad? He has multiple sclerosis. And he's had a... Uh, sort of an episode where uh, he's he's gone through this um, very very strong cognitive decline where his memory is going and mm-hmm. um, you know he just told me he, he doesn't feel safe uh, handling his life anymore like he, he doesn't and wow. I read an email that he had written like a year ago to a professor, a former student of his. He's like an aerospace engineer. And anyway, the the, the email was very like well-constructed and detailed and just is a mouthful to read. And, you know, in the, the conversations and sentences that he, he puts together now are like a few words long until he comes up with a word that's not used that way ever and so it's it's just he's just struggling to communicate and his like random access memory is fading he doesn't Mm. he doesn't form memory anymore very well so he has a really hard time remembering things and um, he really doesn't want to go into a home so and and we're trying to we're trying to do that. Like we're trying that's to tough. take care of him. Yeah. So that's just that's that tough is. knowing, knowing how to interact. You know, it's interesting to hear the decline that occurs. It's just like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watching it happen is, is a whole nother, 
I don't know. It, it's super different. Like, yeah, it, it, I joke to my wife that it's like Benjamin Button. Like it, it's like this reverse. Like, like I've, like it's like watching him grow young again and forgetting everything he knows. Yeah. How does how is that for you in the middle of all that? It's it's weird. It's a lot. It's it, I don't know. It, it's nice to like have kind of come far enough in life to uh, be able to take care of him, but. Um, there's like there's like a lot that never got addressed you know not that like it would have changed anything but there's there's like this kind of hope inside that you have sometimes to relive or reconcile you know things like that and that um Wow. That's that's gone, you know, like Yeah. You're just you're just you're just making what's you're making the best of what's left and maybe that's a teacher, you know, rather than living out the life living out the rest of my life trying to make up for the past. It's more like or or, or write write the past, you know, rather than fix it, just you know, just make the most of what's now and It's interesting, too, that, like, the biggest part that I've noticed is is his ego is so gone. Like, he, he's, he's aware that he's lost this, you know, this whatever function. And so his pride is all gone. And so it's actually somehow easier to deal with him sometimes so that he's not... Uh, He's not so, you know, rigid and overly confident yeah. in his ability that, that that aspect gets in the way and you're like dealing with this overbearingness. It's just like, well, you actually just trust me because you know I know more than you. And it's yeah. like, it's a welcome relief, you know, to kind of like inherit the trust that I've been fighting for my whole life, you know? Wow, what a switch. Yeah, it's That's crazy. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking about um to what you were mentioning about how we live our life and <laughs> you know, this is gonna sound funny. I'm like, I hope that Julie shows up soon because I'm like, okay, we've gotta have a group, we've gotta have a group shot, okay? Because <laughs> my guides have been very clear. Like, like I get to start having relationships again. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've been like, very much like, uh, you know, like a, a, there, there's a lot of resistance that goes through me, like around this yeah. topic mm -hmm. and, and, um, you know, like there's this little voice when you're talking that was saying, yo, Gwen, like enjoy now that you could actually relate to someone and like, 
have this back and forth and go out and have experiences because you don't know what you're going to be like in 20 years. Like you don't, you don't know what your capabilities are. You're, you're like thinking that all of this and your abilities right now are guaranteed when they are not like, if there's anything that's certain is life is going to change, how you interact with it is going to change. Enjoy what, enjoy what you do have and the abilities that you do have to create and have the memories that you wanted to in this life and just do it. Even if it's, even if it's uncomfortable (laughs) for you to like stick yourself out again in that way, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. and really own like what I want, what I'm looking for, like get some experience, even if this is only one of a million lives, like really there's only specific experiences that are available to me right now here. And am I gonna, am I gonna open to that? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Awesome. So I'm just like, so I'm like, where's Julie? Let's come with a game plan. We have to have a game plan. You guys. (laughs) I, I, I like how you said, you know, even if it's just one in a million lives, like, like mm-hmm. I, I kind of tell myself that a lot. Like if I'm unwilling to like live my life that I have, it's not going to matter if I reincarnate with the same attitude of not being willing to live that life. Like yeah. I'm going to keep, keep jumping into the same attitude in this, in the next life. It's just like a different boat with the same storm and yeah uh, yeah i like how you said that and 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 good for you like having those conversations i think with yourself kind of gives you like i don't know (laughs) permission rather than trying to figure it out in front of somebody while you're like nervous as can be like well and i you know and i own i enjoy sometimes sometimes i do enjoy being nervous in front of someone and like being daring and doing something sure. unexpected Absolutely. like a part of me goes like yeah i love that but another part of me is like um it wants to cling to and this is good for me because as i think and consider these things what's coming up is all these things that get to be cleared and reintegrated into me in a loving way you know like like these thoughts of unworthiness that i'm like i thought i took care of you well evidently you know, mm-hmm. there's, you know, these things are coming up again and, you know, these excuses of what's holding me back, you know, and sitting in front of someone and saying, wow, I'm interested in getting to know you. And they're like, and, you know, they may say, I want to run away right now, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, like, um, like I have no interest in you or this terrifies me to death. And, and I guess what's perfect about that is then I know what exactly the facts are, you know, where they're really at, because oh, I don't want to be playing in a situation where, you know, there's all this back and forth and I don't really know what's going on and there's nothing yeah, really going so on. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, no, I want to, I want to be straightforward and say, yo, I'm interested let me know more about you. If you're not interested, cool. 
let let me go focus on something that may be possible, you know, and that might have a chance to work in a certain manner, you know. Anyway, so here here's me going off on getting out into the dating world and like asking for what I really want. Cause this has been a big thing that I like my, I'm just going to say my guides. And I know this triggers you and some other people, but yeah, they've really been working with me on this because I feel like even though I believe in love and the goodness of people, there's a part of me that has walked through my life in huge avoidance of really like declaring what I want um, and really owning that and feeling like I have a right to do that and feeling like, um, because it feels so out of the norm of what I've experienced from other people and what seems to be available that it's like, I've, I think I've held a lot of me very close rather than um, feeling like I, I would be going out and simply getting a denial, you know, like continually denied, if that yeah. makes any sense. And, yeah. But it's me that's holding that denial in myself. It's me who's doing that to myself, right? Like I'm walking down the street. No one's doing that to me. I am. I'm like, I'm the one that's holding me back. Yeah. I think, um, I think similar to the conversation that you had with yourself or the, 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 the way that you've been listening to your guides and had this like, um, encouragement towards yourself. It, like telling you to get out there telling you to be open telling you to get out there to know what you want and try i think there so often is either a lack of that type of um positivity about something and then it it can also i feel in my past that i have had this overbearing sense of shame and guilt uh like i have to earn love and i don't deserve anything that i haven't somehow already like proven myself uh yeah so i can't i'm not allowed to like yeah i'm not allowed to like you know hold myself in a good light unless i've done something i don't know special like to deserve noteworthy yeah yeah it's it's almost just like a a silly carrot and stick game that that i'm making myself compete in like a gerbil on a wheel because nothing is ever like good enough it's just like i'm i'm holding myself out of the love that i you know want as a way to try to motivate myself to do something in the meantime, Mm. less important than the goal of actually having just the love that I, that I need to sustain myself really. And, and that doesn't work because like you were saying, we, we put ourselves in that spot of like, 
I don't know, having to prove, having to earn it, having to be good enough, having to be worthy of, of this. And, and there's no way to, I don't know, in my experience, there's no way to have it without giving it to yourself so that others yeah. will want to, well, so that you'll have it to give to others and they can give it in return. Like there, you have to kind of have something to offer. If you're just this lost puppy dog with this, <laughs> you know, this void of, of love, like it's, yeah. it's not, it's not, it's not very valuable to other people. Like you just need something from them. And it's, yeah, that's really hard. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I, there have been, there are images coming to my mind where I feel I've, I, like I've experienced that uh-huh. interacting with with others with some men and you know sometimes there can be in that space of like what's wrong like i'm a good guy i'm just wanting to love you know and and underneath it it feels like just a huge fucking vacuum you know like because there's nowhere to land right it's it's like they they say they just want to love but really it's like they're wanting they're they're trying to bring in everything from you the love that was denied for them you know within them and it's like they're they're, it's a black hole you know yeah it can be a huge rather than a sun yeah yeah rather than rather than like a warm light it's yeah rather than a welcoming you will i feel a stability here like Mm. there's a stability here that's going to be present and is willing Mm -hmm. to hold me and i can be with it and it's going to be nurturing and we can nurture each other in that presence rather than there's something way down deep that gets to be met and there's no way really i can meet it per se Mm-mm. like no and a you lot lose of times, yourself trying yeah and a lot of times there'll be an essence this is my experience of it's like you want me to be your mother like what mm-hmm. your mother didn't give you kind of an idea yeah. and yeah my wife said that to me last night <laughs> did she <laughs> like that 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 she didn't want a, a situation like that and that yeah like she sees a lot of me trying to like piece all that together now because I had a weird relationship with my mother and well I didn't mean to cut you off but th- those words specifically like it, yeah it's 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 the that you're you know you in a relationship like you're you're looking for like a healthy mirror to see yourself yeah. in and shine your light into and 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 that be a good thing but there's a lot of broken mirrors out there and you don't get much light back from that you know or you get a very fractaled image with a lot of their trauma sort of bouncing back and that that that's kind of like you're in that role of trying to put together a broken boy you know so that you can have what you want and that's Wow. Uh, that's babysitting, you know, that's not. Fun. Yeah, I I get that. And I, and I understand that everyone ha- has done a certain amount of healing and it is in a process. Um, But I think it's cool that I heard that your wife was saying that to you last night, because there's enough honesty where she can say, Hey, I feel like something is a little bit off here. I, 
I see that you're trying to work this out. And I think when we can do that with each other and say, wow, I'm more than happy to be here and watch and support you in that. But in the way that I feel a part of you wants me to step in, I can't right now, you know, like that isn't helpful to me, or I'm going to step in for a moment here just because I feel I'm going to offer you this little piece here, right here, because I feel like this is something that would be helpful to both of us right now. But let me recognize, let me help you recognize, like, I am me. And this, what's happening right here with you is your journey of you finding your wholeness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that's really beautiful. And it, that's important in what I'm looking for in my relationships. And it's really odd to say, but I'm saying relationships, because that's one thing that I actually get to own too. Not that I'm going to be jumping around and saying, uh, you know, I'm a polyamorist, even though I believe that's actually a natural expression of love is polyamory. But um, but that I can see an honor in myself and not feel bad that some people can serve in certain ways and other people can serve in other ways. Mm-hmm. And whatever is helpful to one is isn't necessarily helpful to another person like someone may really really enjoy being of a lot of service like someone may really enjoy like taking care of the person they're really passionate about and with mm-hmm. like they may enjoy like helping them in their living situation or uh, you know making sure that the lawn is taken care of or whatever all those kinds of things and that is really uplifting for them. They find a lot of satisfaction in that. But to another person, they're already, they've got a a different world that they're living in and maybe they are a great partner in um, kind of spiritual, energetic experiences. Like to them, that's a really healing and important thing that they're in their lives. And so a part of me gets to honor and say that I'm not dishonoring someone if if I recognize or they recognize they're really wanting to just experience a certain aspect of relating to me rather than be all of it. Because mm-hmm. it can be really unfair, I feel, to expect someone to be all of it. Like, oh, you're going to be this, 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 and this to me. And mm-hmm. You know, they they aren't living their lives to be something for me. We're living our lives and finding the ways that we bring out and support each other in a natural way, some way that's um, supportive and enlightening for everyone involved. That's, That's kind of where I'm at and what I want to be experiencing. And there's, I think, some trickiness to it. It looks like Julia's here. And I'm really actually glad that we got to have the conversation that we did have, <laughs> you and I. Yeah. She said her her um, her computer had to reboot. So like, I hope you don't mind if I use this in my podcast, Tristan. No, it's fine. I don't mind. Be- because oh, um, I think it's really, actually. <laughs> it's really good to have a male's perspective on these things and to hear from that male perspective and to hear what you just shared with me. Because 
like that's beautiful to hear from from a guy's perspective that awareness and I think that is like one of the huge 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 keys to like actually having what I consider to be a productive relationship of course Mm -hmm. every relationship is going to have their own beauty and we learn what we get to but um it's just nice to hear that from a man and hearing that from you now I'm like okay I can hear that from other men other men are going to be able to be willing to say that and be in a similar space welcome Julie hi now I can't (laughs) wait to hear that episode (laughs) sorry I missed it it's really nice to finally meet you yeah We're, we're brainstorming because my guides have been like like really on me about opening back into inviting relationships back into my life mm-hmm. not only for like my spiritual practice that I'm in but of course for just my everyday world yeah um and they're you know they're telling me you get to be uncomfortable Gwen and what you get to ask for this is a part of my stretching and learning and re-knowing myself and reworking how I am yes um and so I'm like a part of me feels like okay I can get on go up to the high dive and I'm like standing on the edge (laughs) what's coming and a part of me wants a game plan but a part of me is like when once the intent is clear and honest within yourself then it is naturally going to evolve and I it already is kind of naturally evolving there are certain people showing up in my life and um a lot of stuff like just getting processed through me around it but anyways I just as a girl girl talk okay Tristan's gonna hear girl talk (laughs) I mean what you just recently got married like I mean thank you yeah I mean like oh is there something that's coming to your mind about how that connection happened you know like um yeah girl girl advice to me Gwen on well and what gets to happen (laughs) yeah um I can tell you I was absolutely emphatically not looking for a relationship I had a very specific 10 year plan and Ryan absolutely came in and fucked it up. Um, it like, it was in all the best ways. So like it, um, I, I don't have advice. It very much, um, blindsided me, but that's not exactly the word I want to use because that's like the, um, the connotation around that almost sounds negative. Um, I was very much, I'll describe it this way in um, the psychedelic training, the the psychedelic coaching training um, that I've gone through, it's called the condor Mm -hmm. approach and they have three paths and they have what they call snake, puma and condor. And like it or not, like I thought I had done my work, so to speak, check, like I've been in therapy. I like personal development was just my jam. I was constantly consuming it. Um, it was just, I loved it. I like geeked out on all of this stuff. So whether I was in the shower, whether it was, um, it was a way that I got myself through the challenges. I became this very evergreen student of humanity. And it was just like, from the time I was a child, this is just stuff I ate up and loved. 
And it got yeah. to a point where I had to be quiet enough to hear my own wisdom, like that I had been consuming enough and there needed to be an out breath to the in breath that I'd been taking with regard to how much I was consuming. And now I needed to learn a process of digestion and release and also using my breath and not just being uh, like a capitalistic consumer in uh, the spiritual energetic realm of life. I'm, I'm kind of like you in so many ways, as far as like, I found a lot of good in the self-help department, but it's like so much so that you can almost lose yourself, you know, like, like you can consume so much and then you're sort of just like, a recording parroting as a broken record all of this stuff that uh is supposed to help you fix your broken record and like you're supposed to to get it at some point and then after a while you have to do what you said is like okay stop fixing me and start just being whoever you are and yeah that's that that that's where I'm at now. I'm in the middle of a bridge. So I'm, I'm learning a lot from y'all. That's awesome. So yeah. yes, back to just, you're saying you don't have any advice for me. What? <laughs> What's so funny is just like, I got, here's the thing. I really, I think I've shared this a little bit in the sense that like 2020 was kind of my rum spring of summer of just like, go try everything and figure out what you like. And at the end of it, you don't have to go confess to a bishop. You don't have to like atone for any of this. Just go live like yeah. just an experiment. And I did. And I found things that I liked and I found things I didn't like. And I found groups I resonated with and some, that, you know, I just, I got to be the, the scientist and the experiment in my own life, but it was a space that was free of judgment and shame. And so it was a really oh, right nice. area of growing because I had marinated in guilt and shame for the first 40 plus years of my life. So to experience life without that was incredibly powerful. Um, and so um, that was like step one was removing shame and guilt from my process of being human. Um, step two was then with um, going back to this condor approach and the snake puma uh, um, condor kind of phasing, it very much was a snake scenario in the sense that I was shedding so much, shedding constructs, setting other people's expectations, shedding, like really just taking off all of the masks um, that had become so familiar that I didn't even recognize them as masks. And coming to a place where it was like, you know, on Peter Pan, um, the one with Robin Williams, and there's the little boy um, who's smooth. I think I've even shared this, like smoothing yeah. down Williams. And he's like, oh, there you are, Peter. Like, it was very much a process of me doing that with me of like, oh, there you are, Julie. And realizing all the parts of my life where that had been coming through, but they had been shut down and silenced and swallowed because there was shame or guilt or whatever, because those parts of me did not fit in the religion that I was born into, or those parts of me didn't fit in the sexual norms that I was raised with or whatever, it, whatever it was. So, mm -hmm. so remove the guilt and shame, and then you find you. And in the process of that shit just aligns and you're like, well, fuck, that was easy. Like, but it was also really hard because 
um, candidly, like it wouldn't have happened without psychedelics. It just wouldn't like I needed, I needed that. Um, there was so much layered programming, specifically religious, yeah. trauma, um, let alone any of the other abuses that, um, I really needed that psychedelic bridge to get me, um, that doesn't mean that's what everybody needs. And I was also really well-educated going into it. So I knew what I needed from a facilitator. I knew to hire a facilitator. I had, I not had the assistance of those beautiful plant teachers, I would not have been in a place of reception to be able to receive Ryan's love. And it was, it was a very cathartic process, almost like an exorcism where my whole body just needed to like violently sob for hours and hours and hours just to be able to receive it. That's really amazing. Part of, part of that, what I'm feeling and being exposed to is once again, that receptivity that you're talking about. Um, and I, I am and have been having interaction with certain psychedelic experiences under the care of some beautiful shamanic, um, you know, shamans who, who've been doing this a while. And it's interesting because the, the medicine is directed and flows through the shaman. And um, it was interesting to feel the amount of love that was coming through. And I actually was really honest. I was resisting some of it because I was like, I don't want to fall in love with my shaman, you know, like, because <laughs> um, it, it, it was that strong. Like it, it felt like I was being made love to like, yep really like and it, it was that sacred mm-hmm. yeah it was that is it was that beautiful and it's happened more than once you know along with the you know the the pain and everything else there's these moments that that has felt so strongly and 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 I and I shared it with my shaman I was like you know actually my guides did which was funny okay my guides shared this and as I turned and I was able to be with that and walk into that light and what happened was literally I saw he was just being a mirror for me and I was just meeting the love of myself like and I was afraid that it was him but he was you know playing in my world I have many playmates or whatever yeah. he was he was able to do that for me and and it was like this the slow opening of me being able to, okay, I'm going to really look into this and see this and embrace it. And that's just been one of the many things that I've been walking through in the last couple of weeks, as I'm kind of turning more toward this and saying, you know, what, what is the benefit of being in a relationship and, you know, what are, what are the blocks? What are the emotions that are arising and what what do I get to go back down and to and me again, you know, that I thought I'd taken care of, but evidently not. So it's definitely a space of um 
like there is a reason I had a 10 year plan before I wanted to be with somebody. I wanted to process through these things before I brought it to the relationship. And I like, now I'm like, Oh, that was a cute idea. Oh, <laughs> like, because there are things I wouldn't have been able to process through without the support of a partner that I trust. And part of developing that intimacy and that trust with that partner is walking down that path, which I've walked, I'd been married twice. I'd walked down that path with two other people and it was brutal and it was uh, narcissistic and it was predatory. And it was, there's a lot of different things. So putting myself in those vulnerable places to walk down that path, I was never going to get married again. Like fuck that shit. I was never going to uh, intermingle my finances with anybody. I had very strict rules. I had very strict dating rules in the sense, um, that was a real challenge for me because I was, there was a lot of chatter in my head about you've gone down this path before, like, what is this? And there were a lot of friends who were like, you're really rushing into this. Like, you know, so I had a lot of people like, I'm glad you're happy. And like, are you sure? But there was a wisdom that I had the previous relationship that I had been in. I ended it and I didn't know why it was a great relationship. This man, everything seemed to be good. Looking back, I can see a lot of different things that are are reason things that made my body go. Hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Time. And according to everyone around this person, this was just this amazing man. Um, But my body kept having those. Hmm. And to the point where I decided to end the relationship and I didn't know why I thought I was self-sabotaging. I, there was a lot for six months after I did that, it was me in bed crying. Um, and I wasn't going to go out and just party it up and forget about it and get under somebody to get over somebody kind of thinking, um, I knew I needed to be in a really personal cocoon space on that. There were lots of times there I wanted to reach out to this person. And I was like, I'm not going to go and do that back and forth. Like, you know, been there, done that. Like, unless I know I want to be in this relationship, I'm not going to reignite it. And I didn't know why I, I was, my body was telling me no, but it was. And in that six month window, probably just a little bit longer than that, probably about a seven month window. Um, um, I trusted my intuition without understanding the why, but I just yeah. understood didn't sit right. And because I that process and because I had sat in my loneliness and because I had sat with my tears and because I didn't just distract myself with social things and didn't just go do, I didn't numb out. I felt, and it was really hard to feel that's when Ryan came in and because he trusted my intuition when Ryan came in and now it was challenging all the rules that I set up for myself and I was breaking my own rules. I could be very self-aware and have an understanding of, am I breaking my rules? Because like, why, like, what is the reason? And the reason was because everything in me was saying yes, except for this part. Except for your brain. Yeah. Part, the front part where I was analyzing the fuck out of everything. Mm. And I realized that was my programming. I realized that was my wounding. I realized that was my past. I realized it was, but everything, it was a full body. Yes. And a full body. Like I found you again. Like when Ryan and I touched for the first time, Mm. like, you know, like I was like, I found you again, my life. Like I flashed through lifetimes. I didn't even know what I believed about lifetimes. You've heard this, like 
it was everything was telling me yes. But had I not gone through that process of like really sitting with myself, I would not have been able to receive my own intuition because I would have been like, this would have been too strong. This muscle would have been driving the bus. Yeah. All those patterns. Yes, I had to strengthen the muscle of my intuition. And that was with a lot of not numbing and that oh, being human and feeling, oh God. Like, bravo. Um, bravo to that because yeah, that's big how much we can feel and like digging in deep to like finding your own wisdom and like walking through it, I think is so powerful. Tristan is sitting here doing his beating, listening on. Do you have any comments? Trist, being able to sit with you too, it's it's opening it up and lightening. Like my ideas surrounding just opening up again and doing this. Um, and so it, it's just really edifying for me right now. <laughs> Same here. I'm, I'm feeling a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of things that I've experienced in my life at the time that were very confusing and painful, but hearing you kind of walk through what you're talking about, Julie, is really uh, edifying, like to use the same word. Like it, it, it's like, oh, that is a thing. Like, like, you know, guys don't talk about it. And I wasn't ever like taught how to be in a relationship, but like that for sure um, is like the same process of like, Oh my gosh, what do I do? Think, 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 think. And then like, if you ever want to like truly like have something while you can, like you kind of have to just surrender to it and, and see what that's about. But at the same time, all of that think, 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 think is there because you've gone through things that when you surrendered totally blew up in your face and took you for everything you were worth and left you broken and there's there's just a lot i'm really i'm really happy for you julie that you found ryan and and like that it's that that yes to something when your body says yes is working i feel like that's that internal compass gets so shattered when you get wrecked in a relationship you don't know how to listen to yourself Uh, you don't know how to trust someone else because like everything you've learned about anything is wrong or, 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 or to wound up being just horribly, horribly wrong. So it's, it's awesome hearing that like, yeah, that, that, that yes is a good thing. Like that, that's when, (laughs) that's when you can learn to trust again and that's when you can grow and you can actually process what has happened because it's not still happening, you know? Yeah, it was, I didn't, that was the hardest part of my second divorce was I felt like I couldn't trust me. I questioned where my intuition went, where was God, where was whatever, because I was decimated financially, emotionally. I I literally, like I lost my home. I lost my children. I lost uh, every, like every, the bank accounts were emptied, like literally like you, you name it gone. And then had to spend the next six years fighting to get back what shouldn't have like shouldn't have been a possibility to take. So it was very much a like when I had these rules in place, it was because I had been so um, 
strategically, meticulously um, taken advantage of. And I was so upset that I couldn't see that. I also had to learn a lot about um, covert narcissism, covert narcissism and how it's designed to make it so you don't see it. It just means they're really good at what they do. And I was two years into a divorce process and still making excuses for that ex-husband. And everyone, like I had a girlfriend who's, who pointed it out. I think you're dealing with a narcissist. And I'm like, look, he might be an asshole. You know, I was a psych major. Like he might be an asshole. Thank you. Um, but he's not a narcissist. I'm defending him. It took yeah. years to like unravel and shed those things. And I, I've been thinking about it in this conversation, what the difference is. And the difference is I was wearing the ideas, the constructs that I was upholding all of the things that I was told I was supposed to want. And at the time I couldn't, like, I was drinking the Kool-Aid so much that I didn't even know I didn't want them. Like it just, it was so bred into me for generations with religious conditioning and everything else and your entire support system. And not only from immediate family to external community, like everything. And so there's these layers of breaking through dogma and religious indoctrination, and it doesn't have to necessarily be religion. I mean, this can be totally. like the support system. I know people who yeah. are in AA and it's been very hard for them because psychedelics have been so healing, but it's looked down upon. It's considered breaking your sobriety when even the founder of AA Part of the reason AA exists is because of their psychedelic use, which is ironic to me, but like it just, they're good example. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good example of how that ideology can pervade into hypocrisy and just, yes, I, I don't know. You know, you're, it, it's everywhere. It's, mm -hmm. it's everywhere in society. And when you're looking for a support system and you're trying to reconcile these inherent paradoxes, it like it doesn't, it doesn't always help you like, and you have to like swallow a red pill and a blue pill at the same time. And Much. you don't know where that's going to leave you. Yeah, it's that's, yeah, it's a really good way to put that. It just, so having that, any of these systems of oppression um, are, this is something I'll, I'll give credit to Ta Witty with Condor. I've just come off of a training, so I'm just kind of fresh with all of the information, but mm -hmm. system of systems of oppression support the oppressor. It's convenient for them. Slavery oh, yeah. is convenient for the slave master. It got shit done in a oh, very yeah. effective way, but it's at the expense of the oppressed mm -hmm. governments run on the fact yeah. of people not being educated, not, and, outsource to the pastor outsource to your senator outsource to whomever sovereignty is one of the most important words to me sovereignty autonomy those words really resonate because we are trained whether it's capitalistic societies or whatever it happens to be to outsource this to the oppressor and then to say fucking thank you for it yeah and it's like there's so many people who are waking up and being like wait a second but then they're being gaslit and it's just, it's, it's if we don't know how to sit with us and feel, we are not going to be able to feel when our body is saying yes. And something is wrong because we've been trained out of that to benefit somebody else. Yeah. Well, I feel what you're describing is like, really like 
this is the times. This is the sign of the times. This is what's happening within our society. This is what our maturation is, you know, right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Not only in America, maybe more so in America, we're kind of in a maturation process, I feel. There may be some other countries who are further along in it, perhaps, but but I feel like as a globe, we are going through this kind of maturation where we get to own that it is our power that gets to create what's going on around us rather than, you know, us handing it over to yonder senator or whatever it is. Um, I mean, and and it's something in our human psyche that gets to be retranslated, you know, from waking up in a new body that's being born and trying to figure out what the world is to then coming to a space of, wow, actually, I get to inform the world rather than it is, you know, rather than it tells me how I have to live in order to survive, like I'm in a safe space, I now can recognize how I am uh, informing the world and making it what it is. So it, there there gets to be a switch in us. And I think it is happening. I think I'm seeing it in the world. It very so, much so. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's somewhat frustrating when you don't see it fast enough or are we, you know, it, for me, it's mm-hmm. better fascinating to observe patterns one of the things that that's been important in my life is identifying rudder movements in the sense that like, if you have the Titanic, what turns the Titanic is this little rudder. Um, and so identifying what the rudder movements are in my life so that I can turn things around with mm-hmm. minimal effort. And when we watch and we have an understanding of the patterns that are forthcoming and we have these incredible artists and musicians and authors and different things and and the the information share that we have access to right now we're getting it quicker um but are we still observing the patterns one within ourselves so you can take this really like zoom out macrocosm kind of view or you can zoom in on a very microcosm kind of level and it's just fascinating to observe am i imposing systems of oppression on my microbiome in the way mm. that i yeah. I, can't, I can complain about the systems of oppression that are happening in politics in the United States, but am I am I acting in that way with even my own biome because of what I'm choosing to consume? It gets really interesting when you kind of zoom out and zoom yeah. in and play. I really like no, how. I, go ahead. Go ahead, Tristan. <laughs> I was going to say I really like how you brought up the like. I've been on kind of like an uh, understanding narcissism or the dark tetrad for that matter, like the whole the dark what dark the the dark tetrad. What's that dark? It's like narcissism, psychopathy, psychopathy, Machiavellianism, which is like manipulation, and then sociopathy, and how um because I went through a few relationships that really fucking kicked my ass and i was left with this like oh my god like i cannot uh believe that someone like me would just get so worked over by somebody that could be so i don't know just like in a nutshell evil but at the same time so sophisticatedly evil 
Yep. Like 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 that somebody could actually benefit or survive doing this to people systematically over and over and over again because they had been so practiced. Like I was just like, what the hell? Yep. And so like understanding it in terms of, you know, like, like, I don't know. I, I'm not a psychologist. I took a psychology minor, but I still, somebody can act narcissistic and not have to be like clinically a narcissist to do damage like they can just do things that are like love bombing slippery and then all of a sudden like totally undermine your self-worth and if you don't realize what's going on like like it will it will work you will have no resistance no immunity to that type of fuckery mm -hmm. because you're a human being and like you we have these systems that narcissists for whatever reason whether they were, were in the wrong environment and this is just a coping mechanism that's kind of like gone overboard and now it's just their pattern they they learn to be the predators in society they know how to like hunt you based on human behavior and 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 so you have to like you have to wake up to the fact that that one is a thing with individuals, but if they get in positions of power, in positions of influence, which is what they want, they want to be in a situation where they have this grandiosity, like this worship, this this command of influence. And 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 what do you what do you have in democracy? You have a you have a rigged popularity contest, you know, and so you get this huge, this huge influx of of people that are very damaged and and now they're in this position of megaphoning that damage and i just see so much of what's happening i feel like right now we have a narcissism at scale we we we've, we've got this it is. Um, and i i also think the aspect that you talked about gwen with the shifting of of trying to redetermine where where do you start and where do they end? Because so much of me has carried what they did to me into my life in a way that shadows everything, you know, for years going forward, because I'm trying to, I don't know, learn how to protect myself from that kind of thing. And, and, and I still feel like I'm getting worked up when I'm just trying to live my day-to-day -day life because I'm yeah. so shell-shocked from those experiences that I have to know that I'm not, a victim again mm -hmm. and uh well i know, i it's been interesting if i can jump in here yeah, i love take i love your words of the victim because um my my first and only marriage um later on was really described as like he was a narcissistic personality um but it took me a while to really sit in with the honesty of myself to see actually those qualities in a way mirrored back in me, like within myself. In other words, it, it was like, okay, I attracted this, this kind of person, but I was the one that wanted to be special and admired. Ooh, I really fell for that, man. You know, mm -hmm. like I wanted to be the one so unique that I could understand him while no one else could. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be the one that was special in this way and that way. And 
that that he's a hard person to get along with people but now i can get i can get in like i'm yeah. i'm that special person that um he'll hear me you know kind of a thing uh-huh. ha ha uh-huh. um so these kinds of things like that i got to start being really honest about myself and really the spaces where i was like and and how um how me honoring that wasn't going to put me in a position of me being against anyone. So it's been a walk, like it's been a walk through that, that, that I've had and, oh gosh, something really cool. You've been talking about space. And this is a statement that my, my new guides, (laughs) I always get in new guides. I have it on my mirror and this is something that now I get to remind myself and be with. And it says, I am aware of the space that I am and I own my space and what I may create within it. I naturally am surrounded by the space and environment, which suits me and my natural expression. So because I've really been in these spaces now of going through these shifts, there's this feeling of amazing expansion of like being with this multidimensionality in myself, but at the same time, this huge intense feeling of compression and like, I don't have enough space like to be me. And so there's this, um, so I'm excited that I got that from them, that declaration for me to be able to honor even through all these experiences that I'm having of this ins and out and, and trying to decipher where I am and who I am and where I end and another begins and all of that, that I can claim this and it can help me. I feel clarify. And so that's it. I am aware of the space that I am. When I say that I instantly feel the expansion of myself and the space that I occupy and that I am. And, and then I, oh, I can own that when I walk around this house that I feel is too cramped (laughs) and has too many adults in it that want to be expressing themselves. It's interesting that you point out kind of seeking validation. That was one of the things that I identified in kind of what got me into this relationship that was so traumatic on all levels. Um, and it was, yeah, I was seeking validation from my family and here was a man who was very accomplished, very polished, who brought credibility to me. And so I had outsourced my credibility to this other person. I realized it's an outsourcing and I was seeking validation. Like if he loves me, then maybe my family will love me. So when he left, I had to deal with the collapse of all of that because now my family was right. I would never, you know, amount to anything, this, whatever, whatever the beliefs were, those kind of things. And the other thing, when you were talking about expansion, like I love this tool, um, this just little toy that expands. And when you are in safe environments, going back to kind of your original question, um, there's a contraction, like one in the psychedelic space, there's expansion and contraction just in the same way that there is in our own life. And when we feel safe to open up, when you hear people talking about holding space, it's, it's allowing, it's creating a network of safety for someone to be able to expand. Um, mm-hmm. much when somebody doesn't feel safe, even in their body language, 
they will begin to contract. We see this with our kids. So when we're trying to harmonize, so um, Tristan, just so you know, I came with three kids, Ryan came with four. So we've got this Brady Bunch plus one and our youngest is five, our oldest is 19. And so there is a lot of dynamic with just the various backgrounds that have come into this house and doubling the size of the house and that kind of thing. And so we'll watch when we have, like, even just when we were doing family meetings, the kids, because uh, Ryan's kids had come from um, a place where family meetings were very negative. It was, it was just not a safe environment. So even at the mention of family meeting, instantly, they just close up. So we had to move them to the backyard. We allow people to bring um, their favorite stuffed animal or a pillow. Um, one thing is when you have something in front of your core, it allows you to feel a little bit safer. So we, like these little tips and tricks that we were learning to create safety so that we could begin to experience expansion as a family unit rather than being in this closed off space. And it's so interesting when you're talking about, I'm aware of the space that I am. I had been living an existence where it was tight because I had to make myself small. I had to dismember myself to fit in the boxes that were expected of me. So there was a process of remembering me and taking up space. There's a great artist called Tony Jones, and she has a song called Take Up Space, Sis. Like, take up space. And it's yeah. so interesting when we're going, like, ah, just like, I love this process. I really do. Yeah. Brutal as it is. And, and here's the thing. Now that I'm in relationship, it's not like this, oh, sunshine and roses all of the time. This morning, Ryan and I, like I had moved some stuff of Ryan's and Ryan, like that is like, please don't touch my stuff. I'm, you know, and in my head, I wasn't thinking here's somebody in a process I'm being, and, but they said, please don't touch my stuff, like this kind of thing. And so it is this, like being in environments where we're safe to communicate with one another and to go, oh God, that wasn't intention. I'm sorry. Like, you're right. You've asked me that before. I'm sorry. And to own like exactly what you're saying, the space that I am, because if I'm trying to be helpful, did this person ask for that? Am I inserting this because of a need that I have? Like, and if I am, why am I doing that? Am I becoming, again, going back to politicians or whomever who are trying to like Captain Sabaho, you know, like that someone trying to be saved who didn't ask to be saved. Like I'm not a damsel almost in relationships with men. That is, if I was in um, a, a place of distress, oh, I love that. They felt like they were needed, whatever. But then you get to the flip side and it's almost like they felt like there was a bait and switch or something, or I wasn't the shiny new toy or something like that because yeah, I was a strong woman who didn't need to be saved and I wasn't asking to be saved. Yeah, I've, I've definitely yeah. felt trapped in those dichotomies mm. um, of being a woman, of you know, of, of men saying, Oh, I love, you know, I love a strong woman. And then, Oh, I love when I help a woman or whatever. And, and me being, well, I'm being what you wanted me and you said you wanted, but you're not attracted to that. This is just lip service right now, you know, like, and, um, so once again, though, why am I acting in order to be attractive to you? Right. So all of this is just like, oh, some of those, it's like, oh, let me just lay that one down and walk forward. And so that's what I'm getting to do here with this. 
I may have stories to tell. (laughs) Um, I do have a colleague, by the way, that does, I think on Tuesday and Thursday mornings, she just does like a quick 15 minute dance party to set the day off at like seven in the morning. It's just a quick Zoom where people can just come join and just like, it's a quick, you know, like affirmation and dance party. And if you're interested in something like that, or that may be just helpful in your process. I know singing is such a beautiful like support to you. Um, I have noticed the more that I have involved my body in whatever process it is like the dancing that this, it has really helped alleviate um, so much of like what I will describe as, you know, like this frontal cortex brain kind of thinking um, any sort of movement, whether, you know, yoga or upside down or any of these kind of things helping my body. um, My body wants to be involved in the process. So yeah, I love that. Send me that info and I'll check it out. Yeah, 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 I will. So cool. Love it. All right, everyone, have a beautiful day. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Appreciate (laughs) y'all. This is the message from my guides. Dear Gwen, it is easy to be weighed down and bogged down by all that may arise when you think about entering into relationships. This can happen for many of you, for many of you have experiences in life which connect story after story after story, stories which you reinforce again and again to help you identify what your world is, what reality is, and what makes you safe. This story after story after story is something that you are in the process of releasing in your life, Gwen, and many of you who are listening now are doing this also. We ask you to be patient with yourself, to always find new ways that you may unwind and unleash yourself from these bonds. As you do so, you will walk into and meet people in new ways. The heaviness will leave and you will enter with purity of heart in harmony with your soul. This harmony is what will nurture you in any relationship that you are in, even if this relationship is with yourself. Most importantly, if this relationship is with yourself. We offer you encouragement in all your relations, for we all, in fact, are relations to each other. We may use this understanding as a gift or a hindrance, but once again, this is all a choice. We leave you a blessing and all here who are now being daring and stepping into a world where they are clearing and cleaning the past and offering and desiring a new kind of future where relationships are an honoring of each other, an exploration, a discovery, a support, and a a holding of mercy and delight. All of these words are wonderful to use, 
but you will find your own specific words which spark you and create the desire that you speak to have these relationships. All relationships will look different and beautiful in their own way. We ask you to embrace each moment and the opportunities that are there. When one looks down the road and thinks to themselves, I cannot see all the ways that this will work out, or they say, this person is not satisfying this quote-unquote need of mine, they often cut themselves off from the experiences they may have. For each of us are not here to satisfy all of the needs of the other. We are here to celebrate together, just as you have stated and desired to experience. Of course, we all get to we all get to be a support in many different ways to each other, and we all get to decide who fits us in the life that we want to live, who walks a similar path and can show the support which ultimately will feed and nurture us, and who we will show the support and nurturance which will feed them. This is a path that we all walk, and we all discover new, amazing things about ourselves on this walk. Enjoy this walk. And also, we encourage you, just as your statement says, own your own stage and play on. We leave this blessing with you and with all who are here listening. We are the guides, the guides in the garden, and the guides of the way of all. We will speak soon. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Welcome to Channeling. I would love to hear your questions about channeling. Please contact me at gwenjuvenal.com Hit the contact button and send me a note and maybe I'll be answering your questions soon. Till the next episode of Welcome to Channeling Own your stage and play on. Muffin Media. Hello, all you fancy listeners. I'm interrupting this podcast to remind you of the many ways that you can show your support. The first way is that whenever I post, you can listen and then write a review or send a link to your friend saying how amazing this podcast is. The second way to show your support is you can monetarily show your support by subscribing or donating. Subscribers get beautiful benefits like special episodes, live event links, and specials on my services. 
for whatever way you choose to show your support. I say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Now back to your awesome episode. 